Certainly, it's an honor, pleasure being here with you this morning. And needless to say how I have enjoyed, I'm not sure how Sister Lori knows to choose my favorite songs, you know, but just, just amazing, just amazing time there in God's presence. I hope you did sense the presence of God. Amen. Amen. I want to, I want to recognize the uh, pastors that's here, you know, of course, Bishop Hiram have served and given his life, so much of it, to ministry in the state of New York, equipping young leaders through CAMS and MIP and making them ready for ministry. And that's so significant, especially at the time that we live in. And he also currently serves on the state uh, council board. And just want to thank you both for your heart for God and all you do for the kingdom of God. And of course, Pastor Rudy, you know, in, initially, Pastor Rudy invited me, uh, and so he thought of doing this combination service, and what a testimony this is, amen, that we can leave even our local setting on a Sunday to come together as a testimony of being one in, 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 in God, our Father. And Pastor Hansen? Amen. Great meeting you. Great meeting you. Amen. Amen. So, you know, I, 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 uh, we had a little situation this morning where my wife and son, I decided to come on and they would join me here. So I, you, you saw me kind of bend down there because my phone just kept ringing nonstop. My son, Jonathan, is 13. Uh, Mom took us to the wrong church. <laughs> She messed up and we're far away. I'm so sorry, Dad. So they, <laughs> they thought they would be here at 10 after 10, but certainly not. <laughs> yeah, so uh, pray for them. <laughs> Amen. A again, uh, it's an honor being here. You know, I want to also to uh, express to this church I would love for you to send your pastor and wife to the General Assembly. You know, the Church of God uh, meets as internationally every two years, and this year it's Indiana, in Indiana, and it's always a great time. You think about it. The Church of God is now in 187 countries. Amen. Some of those locations we are not even able to say because we would kind of endanger people who are sacrificing and being in a place where they're not even allowed to have church, right? And so what a blessing that, you know, we can pray for them. And, uh, but the church is growing and God is doing just great things. And, you know, these are the days of revival for sure. And it's the end time. Where we, we want to be on God's agenda, amen. We want to be a part of what God is doing. And you think about it that, you know, we're getting ready in a few days to celebrate Thanksgiving. I mean, this started 1620 when the pilgrims came to Massachusetts. And, you know, it, it, it was later on that uh, in 1863, in the midst of the Civil War, that President Abraham Lincoln proclaimed Thanksgiving a national holiday. And then in 1941, Congress officially established Thanksgiving, which now continues but think about God's plan way back then. 
because God was setting up a means of reaching humanity, black, white, pink, yellow, gray, whatever, because heaven will be people out of every tribe and tongue and king red. You know, as I, as I thought about the, the joy that Thanksgiving brings, you know, my, my son, so I have a 13-year-old and a 29-year-old, so God has a sense of humor. They're 16 years apart, you know. I don't know how you explain that. But he said to me just a couple of days ago, Daddy, I can't wait for Thanksgiving. Why, John? Because my family will be here. And, you know, we, we anticipate celebration. We, we anticipate being able to rejoice and that joy that comes with family and just, just getting together. You know, and I, I thought about God's people. You know, God selected a man, Abraham, and because of Abraham's obedience, he made from Abraham a nation. But there was a promise, and through Abraham, the entire world would hear the gospel. And that's fulfilled in Jesus Christ. But God is in the business of preserving a seed, a righteous seed, so his kingdom will continually progress to reach all nations. And I think about God's people in bondage in Egypt. God chose this nation. And for over 430 years, think about this, they are enslaved. They wake up every morning to taskmasters. If, if they do not produce, they are beaten. And life for them is slavery and imprisonment. They are bound. And think about this. These are God's people. And this happened for over 430 years. And it would seem, Bishop Hiram, that they really had nothing to celebrate about. No, no real reason for giving thanks for 430 years. Think about it. No celebration in one of the most celebrative people in the world. They had no reason to celebrate. And you know the story how God raised up Moses, sent Moses with a message of deliverance for his people. And, you know, if you, if you, you could help me with the PowerPoint, but if you Google this, Google is not smart enough to find what I'm about to tell you. Because God's people did not have thanksgiving for over 430 years. So I kind of name it Israel first thanksgiving after 430 years. And Google is not that smart to figure it out. But think about, think about this. I want for you to think about this. After 430 years, their enemies that had enslaved them, the Pharaoh literally thought he was a god. He was the greatest nation on the face of the earth, the greatest empire, and he thought he was a god, and he enslaved God's people. And after 430 years, God with an outstretched arm and a mighty right hand 
delivered them and brought them out of bondage, out of Egypt, on the other side of the Red Sea. And when Pharaoh and his army tried to pursue them, they were drowned in the Red Sea and God's people were freed. Amen. I, 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 I thought of taking some time, and maybe I should do this, just to read a little bit of Exodus 15. Exodus 15, I, I kind of adapt it like a hidden psalm in the Old Testament. Because it's a song of praise. Here is what a few verses say and then I'll go on. Then Moses and the children of Israel sang this song. So this is their first thanksgiving after their emancipation, after their freedom. I will sing to the Lord for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider he has thrown in the sea. The Lord is my strength and song and he has become my salvation. He is my God and I will praise him. My father's God, and I will exalt him. Listen to this. The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. Pharaoh's chariots and his army he has cast in the sea. He has cho his chosen captain are drowned in the Red Sea. The depths have covered them. They sung to the bottom like a stone. Your right hand, O Lord, has become glorious in power. Your right hand, O Lord, has dashed the enemy in pieces. And in the greatness of your excellency, you have overthrown those who rose up against you. You sent forth your wrath. It consumed them like stubble. And with the blast of your nostril, the waters were gathered together. The flood stood upright like a heap. The depth stood solid in the heart of the sea. The enemy said, I will pursue, I will overtake, I will devour the spoil. My desire shall be satisfied in them. I will draw my sword. My hand shall destroy them. But you blew with your wind. The sea covered them. They sank like lead in the mighty waters. Who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like you, glorious in holiness, fearful in praises, doing wonders? And then we go on further down, and you could read it when you get home. It's so beautiful. And Miriam, the prophetess, the sister of Aaron. You see this? I didn't accidentally want to put a tambourine here. <laughs> but Miriam took up a tambourine. And the Bible said she led God's people in dancing and singing and rejoicing because of the great things that God had done for them. And hear me today, after 430 years, they dance and they celebrate and they sing like they've never sung before. They gave God praise because of his goodness was demonstrated to them. Can anyone just lift your hands and give God praise today? Come on. Come on. Just... Come on, just give God praise today. Thank you, God, for you are good, you are great, and your mercies endure it forever. Amen. And they rightfully so had reason to give God thanks and praises. But here is my question. How long does our thanksgiving last? Do, do, do we only praise God when we're on the mountaintop 
Because the truth is, every one of us will go through trials. We will face circumstances. And here, here is something I want to show you today. The Bible tells us, and you can go to the next slide. Here's what the Word tells us, that when Moses, when Moses led Israel from the Red Sea and they went into the desert of Shur, for three days they traveled in the desert without finding water. When they came to Marah, they could not drink its water because it was bitter. And that is why the place is called Marah. So the people grumbled against Moses saying, what are we to drink? Can I show you something here? Three days ago, just three days ago, they were all celebrating and giving God thanks for his goodness. And three days later, they encountered a challenge. And they forgot about the God who had destroyed Pharaoh and his mighty army. They forgot about the signs that God sent in Egypt that the waters were turned into blood. God sent hail. And here is the thing. Those in the land of Egypt experienced this disaster. But those in Goshen, they were free from all of these evils. And three days later... They forgot about God's goodness and his mercies. And instead of believing and trusting God, they took a posture of grumbling and complaining. And the Bible tells us they grumbled against Moses and they grumbled against God. I know this is the wrong people because no one here complains and no one here grumbles. But do, do, do you see how we can miss God in our everyday life? Because, can I tell you the truth? Welcome to serving God. As sure as there is a day and a night, we will encounter tribulation. Amen. We're not exactly. I, I, I got to show you. You know, you know what's amazing about this? And I know you have food, so I'm not going to stay long and compete with the food. But flow with me. You know what's amazing about this? Every morning when Moses woke up, Moses looked. For the pillar of fire and the pillar of cloud. And Moses literally followed the pillar of fire and the pillar of cloud. And that's how Moses got his directive from God. And here is Moses 
He sees the promised land, and it's, it's over here. It's, it's, it's only about 40 days' walk. And God decides, listen, the pillar of cloud is going to go this way. So, 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 so Moses and Joshua, can you follow me? Can I ask you a question? What do you do when it seems like God is leading you opposite, contrary to what you want to do, where you want to go, what you thought that you should be doing? What do you do when everything seems so opposite to what you believe in God? Can you trust God? God led them in a direction that they didn't plan to go. But he, he, here is what I want to show you this morning. God said to them, I led you through the wilderness or I led you tomorrow to test you, to see what's in your heart. God said, I led you there to prove what's in your heart. And not many people remain faithful when they find themselves at Mara. It's thank you much. It's easy to blame God. It's easy to blame others. It's, it's easy to fall out of faith. But hear me. I don't know who God sent me to tell today. Wherever you are, God is able. Don't blame people. Don't complain. Trust God. Amen. And God will bring you out. Amen. You might be at Mara, but Mara, oh come on. Mara is just a test. We should not grumble and complain. Instead, we should put our trust in God and believe that God is our guide. He is our help. Here is what happened when we complain. The Bible said they complain against Moses and they complain against God. And you could go to the next one. Here is what happened when we, when we complain. When we complain, we actually open doors for the enemy to work against us. They went from celebrating to complaining. You, 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 you find this demonstrated in Numbers 21. In Numbers 21, the children of Israel, they complain against God. They complain against Moses. And here is what the Bible tells us. And man, I tell you, somebody needs to be delivered from this today. The Bible said, as a result, serpents, yes, it's in the Bible. Serpents were released in the camp. Why? Because of their complaining. What came out of their mouths attracted serpents in the camp. And they were bitten. Praise the Lord for the Holy Spirit that gives direction. <laughs> Amen. They, they, they were bitten by serpent as a result of the words from their own mouth. So hear me this morning. You can create environments that's difficult to live in. What are you saying? They complain and it's, it's, it's right there. The Bible said in Numbers 21, as a result of what came out of their mouth, serpents were released in the camp and the serpents started to bite them and people were dying as a result of complaining. And hear me, whenever you complain, you literally forfeit 
God's purpose and plan in your life. But the Bible tells us, here's what the word of the Lord says. I think it's up there someplace. Whosoever offereth praise, glorifieth me. To him who orders his conversation aright, I will show the salvation of the Lord. Amen. So you, 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 can't, you can't talk curse over your life and then expect to see the salvation of the Lord. Hear me. The Bible said, we call those things which are not as though they were. Abraham against hope believe in hope and call those things which were not as though they were and God released them to him and hear me brothers and sisters things happen first in the spirit realm before it's manifested in the natural amen and if you keep on complaining and speaking negative things out of your life you're building an environment that literally attract demonic power negative powers that pulls you back amen it's the truth but when we order who order you got to order your conversation and it's work and people don't want to work it's hard work you got to get control of the reign of your heart and what comes out of your mouth amen and speak what 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 brings life instead of what brings death speak what's bring healing instead of what bring brokenness and god will bring the change oh somebody give god praise in this place hallelujah three things i want to point out here then i move on god is love and his will is always best amen when things happen that you don't understand, and it will, remember this, that God loves you. And even when you can't figure it out, you can rest in his abiding love that never changes. Here is where the rubber hits the road. When things happen, can, there are people who walk away from God and from the church because things happen and the devil always accuses God things happen that the devil is responsible for and he points his finger at God and make you think it's God who did that and blame God but God came that we might have life and have it more abundantly it's the devil who comes to kill to steal and to destroy God is not our fault. God is our solution. God is not our enemy. God is our help and our strength and our salvation. Amen. You know, we, I told you before that we have a daughter by the name of Sarah. She's 29 years old. And as far back as I can remember Sarah being able to talk and to pray with us, Sarah's prayer was, Lord, give me a baby sibling. And no sibling. So she changed her prayer no, first her prayer was, Lord, give me a baby sister. No baby sister, so she just changed her prayer. Lord, give me a baby sibling. Anything will do. And my wife got pregnant. And man, everyone is so excited. And Bishop, I remember like yesterday, the Sunday before, we had to drive all the way to Connecticut to help someone else. And we came back getting ready for 8 o'clock service. And the signs weren't good. 
my wife wasn't feeling well. I mean, by now everyone know about this pregnancy. Everyone is so excited. And here is, here is how, making a long story short, here is how this, this ended up. We are, we are at the, the hospital, Long Island Jewish. They did the sonogram and they showed us the baby has died. And listen, I said, when I found out, I said, God, how about my, forget about me. How about my little girl who's been praying for this baby? Don't you care about her faith, God? Right there and then, my daughter went to the chalkboard, took up a chalk, and wrote right there. She doesn't know what's going on in my heart. Right there on the board, God, I thank you, even though you took this child, that you're going to give us another one. And later on, Jonathan was born. But here is the truth. When you're going through those situations, it's tough. But what do we do? We can put our lives in the hand of a God who loves us. And even though we don't understand, but we know for a fact that he loves us. And we can trust in his love. And really we didn't lose that child because that child is in heaven waiting for us. And I want to say that to every mother who have, have lost a baby during pregnancy. That child is in heaven waiting for you. Amen. So say it with me. God is love. Come on, say it one more time. God is love. And his will is always best. Secondly, God is all-knowing. And his direction is always right. Amen. God is all powerful and he can enable you to accomplish anything. I got to move on because of time. I'm not sure how much time I have left. But while everyone, I got to show you this. While everyone is complaining, think about it. The whole church is complaining, blaming God, blaming Moses. And here is what the man of God Moses did. The Bible said he cried out to God. And do you know, know how you know maturity in the life of Christian? You want to know how mature you are? How do you react when things happen? That's the greatest sign of, the greatest sign of maturity is not how well you speak in tongues. I'm sorry. The, 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 the sign of maturity, how do you respond to difficulty? Do you trust God? Do you support your pastor? Do you still support your church even during difficult times? Moses responded by praying to God. He prayed to God. And when he prayed to God, God gave him the solution. Hear me. Listen. God has the solution for every single thing in your life. Young lady, God knows your future. God's, your today is God's yesteryear. God knows your future. And hear me, when you pray to God in sincerity, God will give you directions. God will give you solution. God will show you what to do. As Moses prayed, God showed him a tree. And here is the thing, my Lord, I, I, I don't want to take too much of your time here. Here is the thing. God's solution sometimes seems so 
strange and crazy that there are people who God will speak to you and you don't do it. So if you prayed about something and God told you what to do and it seems silly, why wouldn't you do it anyway? The water is bitter. The people are complaining. And God said, Moses, there is a tree. Cut that tree down and put it in the water. Hear me today, brothers and sisters. Our ways are not God's ways. God's ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And God will do it just because he is God. Moses cut the tree down and he put it in the bitter waters. And the waters became not regular water the waters became sweet waters hear me when you obey God God will bring sweetness to your life when you obey God God will turn things around when you obey God God will work abundantly above and beyond what you ask for because he is God and can I remind you today that that tree that he put in the water, it's foreshadows. It finds its fulfillment in the tree of Calvary. It finds its fulfillment in the cross where Jesus would be laid on, where he would be crucified to bring salvation, to bring life to you and me. There is power in the tree and hear me today just look at one neighbor and tell your neighbor neighbor come on I didn't hear you say neighbor the cross fixes everything oh you got to say it one more time like you believe it say neighbor the cross fixes everything really can you take a moment just to look in someone's eyes and minister to them say neighbor I don't know what you're going through today you got to say, come on, come on, come on. I don't know what you're going through today. But I want to tell you today, the cross of Jesus Christ fixes everything. Fixes everything. Oh, somebody give him praise in this place. The cross fixes everything. Hear me today. On a hill far away, stood an old rocket cross the emblem of suffering and shame and i love that old cross where the dearest of best for a world of lost sinners was slain the cross fixes everything the cross fixes everything here's what one of the song songwriter tells us when i survey the wondrous cross on which the prince of glory died my richest gain i count but loss and poor content on all my pride the cross fixes everything here is what someone else wrote at the cross at the cross where i first saw the light and the burden of my heart rolled away it was there by faith i received my sight and now I am happy all the way because the cross fixes everything. The cross is the answer for all our concerns, for all our troubles. If we would just allow God, allow the 
power of the cross to touch our bitter situations, then God will change our situations, but he would also change us. Let me close. They are stuck at a bitter place. And God intentionally led them through that crisis. God said, I did it to prove what's in your heart. You know, sometimes the real test of a man is not only the crisis he go through. It's also his blessing. There's some folks who can't serve God because of blessings. If he promotes you, if he lifts you up, if he blesses you, can you still serve him? And here there are about three million people. They are stuck in a place called Mara. And they're only at Mara because it's a test. Can I tell you what you're going through? Might just be a test. Can you, can you trust God when you walk through the valley of the shadow of death? Can you trust God even when your best friend turns against you? Can you trust God when people lie against you? Can you trust God when it seems like your world is falling apart? Because here's what the Lord showed me recently. That there are many people in the church, they're suffering from unforgiveness. They are stuck in a bitter place called Mara because they have refused to forgive and to let it go. And here's the picture that God showed me. Unbeknown to the people of Israel, while they are stuck at Mara, God has already prepared a place for them called Elim. But in order to get to Elim, they have to be willing to let go their Mara. What's so good about Elim? There are 70 palm trees and 12 wells waiting for them to refresh them, to renew them. It's already prepared. It's all waiting. But you got to get, oh my God, you got to get through your Mara in order so you can grab and receive and enjoy what God has in store for you. Don't get off the train at Mara because your next stop I hear the conduct of the Holy Spirit saying your next stop is Elam seventy palm trees do you know seventy members went down to Egypt twelve wells twelve tribes of Jacob Come up close, let me tell you a secret. God has a well for your tribe. God has a well for your family. I don't care what you're going through. God has a well and that well was meant to refresh and to restore and to renew 
your family for whatever you're going through. A well of rest, a well of provision, a well of God's grace. In Israel, there is a word they use called deya, deya you. It's, it's done during Passover. And they came up with this word. It's a song. And you know what it means? God, if all you did was to bring us out of Egypt, oh, that would have been enough. If you didn't kill the Pharaoh, but you just brought us out, that would have been enough. But can you stop today and think of all that God has done in your life? God has delivered us from the Pharaoh, Satan. God has brought us out of the kingdom of darkness. And he has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. But can I tell you, God is not satisfied with just saving you. God wants you to live in victory. God wants you to live in power. The truth is this. God didn't just save you to go to heaven. God saved you so you can bring heaven to earth and demonstrate his power and his kingdom upon this earth. And it comes through us getting through our difficult places, remembering the great things that God has done for us, and be willing to lift our hands and say, God, though you slay me, yet will I praise you. If you had only did that, if you had only bring me out of sin, that would have been enough to praise you. I want you to just remain sitting just for a couple minutes. I'm forever grateful to you I'm forever grateful for the cross I'm forever grateful to you that you came to seek and save the lost I'm forever grateful to you. I'm forever grateful for the cross. I'm forever grateful to you that you came. To seek and save the lost. Won't you just stand with me? I'm for, just please stand where you are. The grateful to you. I'm forever grateful for the cross. I'm forever grateful to you that you came to seek and save the lost 
I want to give you an opportunity. With your eyes closed, I want to give you an opportunity this morning. Maybe you're here and it's been a while since you've really celebrated, since you've really had reason, you think, to really shout and to give God, give God joy from a heart of gratitude and thanksgiving. And don't be embarrassed today. I want for you to come. I want to pray for you just briefly. You're here and you, 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 in other words, you know you're not in a place of joy. You're up against so much struggles. Uh, just come. Just leave and come right now. Just leave and come. 